live from the NextCast Phanthropological Institute. This week, we're talking about Barbie fans. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Phanthropological, the podcast where every week we take a, a different fandom and put it under the spotlight and, and try to get to the why of why that fandom is. With me this week, as always, are my good friends G. Yellow. And also Z. Hey. And this week we have a special fan expert. We have Chloe. Hey, what up? It's Doc <laughs> Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe's been a long-standing fan of Barbie and has a rather extensive collection that I've never seen, but I believe it exists. You see, like, <laughs> parts of it in the apartment. That's like, true. Basically, whatever I've accumulated in the last two years. Right. That's fair. That that's substantial. As mentioned, this week we are talking about Barbie fans. Um, Barbie is, of course, a fashion doll manufactured by Mattel and was launched way back in 1959. I have a little bit of trivia that uh, right. I was hoping to kick things off. I tried to find trivia that was related to barbie fandom but i also just found a lot of interesting things about barbie herself mm-hmm. did you know that barbie was modeled after a doll that started as a sex toy yes yep. yes well i didn't how are you the one who didn't know <laughs> please tell me more <laughs> um barbie was modeled after a sex toy called build lily which is a doll based on a saucy german cartoon character who pursued rich men and wore suggestive clothes, uh, who was originally sold in tobacco shops, bars, and adult-themed toy stores, and given by adults to one another as gag gifts or suggestive keepsakes. I found that in an article called Why Does the Barbie Obsession Live On? Uh, on Forbes, actually. And there's your answer. There's your answer. <laughs> like how based? Um, pretty close when you look at like the original Barbie doll. versus like Bill Lily looks much more severe. Mm-hmm. But approximately the same size. Okay. Bill Lily had like more sexy proportions, but and was obviously not for small <laughs> girls to play with. Yeah, there was like poutier lips and more exaggerated features. Mm-hmm. Where I heard about that actually on uh, the Stuff You Should Know podcast, they pointed out that the bigwigs in charge of the company um, that Ruth Handler pitched Barbie to at first, they were like. No way, little girls aren't going to want to play with a doll of a grown woman. Whoa. It's, not, it's never going to fly. <laughs> Incorrect. <Yeah. laughs> <Very>. <laughs> we end with um, Ruth's daughter playing with paper dolls, right? Mm-hmm. Like with um, uh, fashion yeah. dolls, I guess. You could yeah. their clothes around and stuff like that. Paper dolls. They're still called yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, that really became the focus point for it, right? The whole fashion mm-hmm. model, fashion doll element. Mm-hmm. Before it was just like, here's a baby. <laughs> yeah. I had a really good quote for that. Little girls just wanted to be bigger girls. They didn't want the pudgy baby dolls foisted <laughs> on them through the 1940s and 50s. They wanted dolls that they could pretend to be with grown-up clothes, cars, and yes, breasts. <laughs> that was from the same... It was a really good article, guys. <laughs> but, I mean, that's absolutely true. Because, like, in like prior to Barbie... Like, girls, young girls play was essentially like, 
here's how you're practicing to be a mom. That's what you're going to do with your life and better deal with it. Whereas, like, Barbie, even in her first incarnation, as you mentioned, was introduced as the teenage fashion model. So, like, she had a job. Mm -hmm. She was, like, not... And Ken wasn't introduced until later. So she didn't have a boyfriend. She wasn't married. She was, like, fun single girl on the town. Which is, like, pretty alluring when you're a kid because, like, she's grown up, but she's also, like, cool. Yeah. She's not like your mom necessarily. She's like your cool <laughs> older sister. She's not, yeah. she's not like like with a baby, like, welcome to the rest of your life. Yeah, pretty much. It's like <laughs> you know, the future. Like what who knows who knows what you can do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot as we will find out, you can project onto Barbie. Yeah, less so than you can project onto a baby. <laughs> I guess you could put a lab coat on a baby, but it's not the same thing. <laughs> That's what we call science. It, it, it raises too many questions. <laughs> Doctor Baby. Before, Dr. You, Baby. <laughs> before you're comfortable with the situation you've created. Did anybody figure out what Barbie fans are called? Like, obviously, mm. you can just call them Barbie fans, but some fandoms have particular names associated with them. I like being called Chloe. Thanks, Chloe. <laughs> that doesn't tell me about one of your interests. God. <laughs> <laughs> I I did not come across anything like that everywhere that I was reading and, and listening and such. I just heard Barbie fans. Okay. Fans or I've... Barbie collectors or Barbie heads. No. Oh, no, that I one I had not I heard. Did, I did not see Barbie heads. I just made that up. Oh. Okay. Okay. I, I found out that there may be a name, although I'm assuming most people just are called Barbie fans. <laughs> Apparently, and this is according to Barbie herself in Barbie magazine and on the official website, oh. uh, dolls. Oh, oh. Really? It's not confusing at all. No, not at no. all. Uh, sometimes Barbie girls. Okay. And apparently uh, Brobies. Of course, for male Barbie Bro. fans, particularly of Barbie Life in the Dreamhouse, which maybe I should have watched before I said that, but you know. It sounds like it could be a Barbie-themed reality TV show. What, Brobies? No, Barbie Life in the Dreamhouse. Oh. Like a Big Brother kind of thing. <laughs> it was a web series. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Um... That's pretty much what I know about it, that it exists and it was a web series. I was say, was it and I think it had, like, you know, her diverse cast of friends. I was going to say, was it recent, but it's a web series. Uh, I just um, looked it up. Final episode, 20, September 2015. Okay. That's not bad. I was going to say, Dolls is like the least confusing fan's name since, since we found out that Homestuck fans are called Homestucks. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, a quick Google search of... Uh, Barbie Life in the Dreamhouse throws up a bunch of results. The top one being the IMD page. And there's a little summary underneath. It just summarizes it in one sentence. Barbie's artificially intelligent closet traps her and her friends in the dreamhouse. <laughs> Why wasn't I watching this? <laughs> I want to know more about this closet. <laughs> Man, closets have always been extremely important in Barbie culture. That's true. So I'm like right, right back to earring magic Ken, right? Oh. Do you want me to talk about earring magic, Ken? Yes. 
<laughs> I, I'm interested. Eerie Magic Ken, the gay icon. Mm-hmm. So, um, basically, for as long as Barbie's had, like, her group of friends, and usually Ken and sometimes her sisters, a couple times a year, once a year, it's less now, but I remember, like, when I was a kid, it was a few times a year, each doll would be released with, like, a theme. So you know, tropical fun, or there was one in the 80s that was Barbie and the Rockers, and they were all in a band. Or, um, you know, maybe they'd all be mermaids, or whatever. Whatever the theme was. So, Earring Magic Barbie was in the early 90s, and everybody's got, like, sort of club wear on, and the gimmick was, because it's always, it's a gimmick, and the gimmick was, you know, she had cool earrings that you could change, but then also it came with a fun pair for you, because, like, Barbie's your friend. And everybody would be, like, color-coordinated, so Barbie's outfit would be mostly pink, and then, like, Teresa, who was her Latino friend, would probably be... She was usually yellow, and then Kiki was her miscellaneous Asian friend, and she'd be, like, purple, and then um, Christy was her black friend, she'd be, like, orange... And then Ken would be there. Yeah. So, Eerie Magic Ken is wearing a purple mesh t-shirt, leather pants, a vest. I think it's a leather vest as well. And then on a chain around his neck. So, it looks like a ring around, like, on a chain around his, <laughs> around his neck. And then he also has his ear pierced. And I think, and I forgot to look this up to double check, but I think it was in the... Like, because it was a code, right? If your ear was pierced on one side, it meant you were straight. And if your ear was pierced on the other side, as a man, it meant you were gay. And I think his ear was also pierced on the gay side. Mm. And so suddenly, Ken, which doesn't usually sell super well in comparison to the, the female dolls, mm-hmm. sells really, really well in the early <laughs> 90s. Because um, gay men were buying it. And then Mattel went, oh, crap, and pulled him quickly from the shelf. And I think he still fetches, like, a decent price on eBay if you wanted to buy one. <laughs> We're getting too much money for this doll. I know. Well, it's, it was the early 90s. Yeah. Nobody wanted to be, like, super gay positive yet. Yeah. So it was, like, a huge misstep. It's sort of like when, uh, because Barbie, every so often will partner with a known company. Like, I have back at home probably three or four Coca-Cola paired Barbies. Mm-hmm. And one year they paired with uh, Oreo, which is fun. And so, like, her skirt had, like, little Oreos or something. Here's the problem. They released two dolls. They had Barbie by Oreo. And then Oreo Christie, who was her black friend. (laughs) And that's problematic because Oreo, black on the outside, white on the inside. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually like a... At the time, or even now, it's, it's like a slur. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so boy. when they realized they did that, that was also <laughs> quickly pulled from the shelves. <laughs> On a brief tangent about Ken, I found out that there's a term in... Some fans know this, not necessarily Barbie fans, called Ken dolls, mm-hmm. which, which is the practice of taking Ken dolls and posing them together as Slash characters, sometimes using Fine. other male action figures. <laughs> I mean, I didn't find a lot... Of necessarily about fan trivia but there's a lot of fascinating things about just barbie and ken as Mm -hmm. i want to say people but (laughs) not people characters well characters yeah Yeah. i learned that 
Barbie and Ken were never married, so they never nope. got divorced. <laughs> nope. But at the same time, there's been like plenty of wedding gown and tuxedo like clothing sets that have been released. Mm-hmm. Because no matter how much Barbie was introduced to be like the alternative to, you know, you're going to grow up and be a mom and get married. Mm-hmm. Everybody still kind of played with their Barbies. Like she grew up and was a mom and got married. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. 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 My Barbie still usually had a job though too. Yeah. She was a modern woman. It's true. The, the eternally modern woman. She's so modern. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, she's modern being, you know, like a computer programmer, an engineer. Mm-hmm. I remember there being a lot of fallout at the time when uh, program or computer programmer Barbie came out because it's like, I can do anything. But then all of her f- friends were guys and what? she had all of her friends do this stuff. Oh, I don't remember that. Really? Yeah. I mean, there was kind of a similar fallout uh, around engineer Barbie. Maybe I'm not computer engineer. Maybe I'm getting like mixed straight up. up engineer. Well, I mean, I she like engineer Barbie and computer engineer Barbie and um, I think probably mathematician and scientist because they all came out as a part of a, a STEM line or a STEM range. Sciences, technology, engineering, and maths kind of thing. But with engineer Barbie in particular, people were a little bit bothered by the fact that she came with a kit that you could use to build certain things. Um, and the things that you could build with it were uh, a rotating shoe rack and a washing machine. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It sent very mixed messages saying, you know, young girls, you can you can get into engineering. You can create stuff, be really cool, and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, stick with, uh, stick with shoes and clothes, you know? Because mm. you're a girl. So I was going to ask... You know, hey, hey, Chloe, why, mm-hmm. after all this stuff, did you decide to make drugs instead of making shoes in a washing machine? <laughs> but um, instead, I'm going to ask a slightly different question. Um, you, you couldn't figure it out? <laughs> I, uh... I mean, you must need some way to sustain your 150 different careers and your plane and your yacht and your dream home. <laughs> I, I understand. I, I, I hadn't thought that through enough when I asked the question. But I was going to ask, mm. though, was why were you a fan of, of Barbie growing up? Because we try to understand why fans like the things they do beyond, oh, I liked it. Why is it that you're a fan of Barbie? Well, it's a very good question. <laughs> um, like, my mom grew up with Barbie as well. And so once I was... Like basically assert like old enough to not break them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, they were bought and given to me, and I don't know. I never really. I remember my sisters were like they had their um, phase where they played with. They had baby dolls and they played like play kitchen and that kind of thing. And I never really did. So I guess I must have gone straight to Barry. <laughs> it's escapist in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're growing up and my family were not necessarily the most affluent. So, you know, here's this, this doll I could project on who like, holy crap, her closet, first of all, <laughs> and then could like, just do whatever she wanted. 
And so there was that, like, when I grow up idea. I'm going to be like that. Mm -hmm. And then I guess as I got a little bit older, and again, not only could not be tr- could be trusted with not breaking the dolls, but also like keeping them in a box. I just naturally moved over to collecting because I'm a hoarder, and so this was like a legitimate hoarding. So that was really cool too. Yeah, it's it's a hoarding that you can you know um, bring out and show off, and you know not feel like you're you're hoarding so much as you're collecting. <laughs> yes, but also no. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a tricky thing to say as an adult woman or basically after the age of like 10 or 12 it's a tricky thing to say that you're you're into barbie in any sort of right mm-hmm. yeah because it's the same kind of thing as what you go through when you grow out of sesame street no one wants mm-hmm. to go no one wants to be like the 10 year old who's like oh yeah sesame i still watch <laughs> sesame street you know even yeah. though as an adult you can be like man sesame street is like hilarious sometimes and also you can appreciate it for what it is mm-hmm. but it's still like a little bit uncomfortable for me to come out and say i mean hey internet i guess now you know the secret's out <laughs> that that i collect yeah. these dolls because i think a lot of people still really look down on barbie as a cultural construct mm-hmm. perhaps I think, I think we wait until the same moment to admit to each other you you collect barbies and i like pro wrestling I think so. <laughs> I think so. I think that's a very like, here's it, my deep dark. It feels secret. like a similar dude version <laughs> of like right. like yeah. like like some people watch pro wrestling, but it's like there's like a statement about it, like oh really? Mm-hmm. It's very gross. And like, it's okay to say like oh I used to really like that. Yeah, exactly. That's same, fine. Because same of with course Barbies. you did. Yeah. Of course you did. Like oh you were you were a kid. Yeah. Like you didn't know any better. Yeah. But uh, I think especially once you become a teenager, first of all, it's like it's a toy. And no matter how you're collecting it and you're not really playing with it anymore, it's like, ooh, you you still play with dolls? Like, ugh. And then, yeah. like I said before, there's a lot of, especially in, I'd say, the last 20 years for sure, a lot of cultural implications with that people have weighed on to Barbie. There's There's been a lot of stuff put on to Barbie. Yeah, that's true. I think that, that gives a really good picture for you, Personally, there's like this element of nostalgia and then collecting and the uncomfortableness with like being a fan of things, especially something that's typically associated with with children. It's like, oh, I'm a fan of cartoons. It's like, what? Cartoons are for babies. Yeah. Yeah, That's something that's changed a lot, though, recently with stuff like Steven Universe and Adventure Time and these like strange cartoons that are either telling really heartfelt stories or telling really heartfelt stories in a very long and roundabout way that's also really engaging. I mean, at work I came across like some some like good kids books mm-hmm. and like and like stuff that's qual- that's meant for children but it's like quality and I think there's like kind of a cultural appreciation of the fact that you don't have to condescend to kids. Yeah. You can tell something that's entertaining without it being like specifically dumbed down. Yeah. It's still a little bit uncomfortable to say to like fellow adults that you enjoy cartoons though mm-hmm. in some settings that's true yeah because like best case scenario for people who aren't also into it you're just like you're so wacky of course you love cartoons <laughs> oh that's just your crazy personality uh, and as i was sitting here i was thinking like oh wow most of my interests are children's interests dolls cartoons dressing up 
comic books. It's well, it's I mean, oh, yeah. talking about <laughs> yeah. Barbie, you, you even mentioned that too, right? Like Barbie as an object that you can project onto, it's like has over 150 careers. It's like, I, I wish I could be a doctor. Like now as an adult, you're like, well, if I was to be a doctor, I'd have to go back to school for another 20 years. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, so there are some things that you'll never be able to do. But if you're like dressing up as a, as a doctor, either for a, for a costume or like as a superhero, those are things that you know now as an adult that you could never do, mm-hmm. but you can still like being at a con this past weekend, seeing kids walk up to people who are in costume and seeing the joy in their <laughs> eyes. Mm-hmm. Like there's kind of an element of that potentially, or just a reminder of, of feelings like that. That's not what I'm collecting anymore though, because most of what I'm collecting are Maybe it's over-elevating them to say, like, I'm collecting them as art pieces. But there is a distinction between the line of, like, play dolls and the line of collecting dolls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is primarily what I'm collecting. I mean, I'm, I know there's people who are trying to get, like, every single doll released. I don't know if anyone... I doubt anyone's really succeeding because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's staggering. Yeah. I don't think it's unfair to say that... or highfalutin or or silly or anything to say that like there are barbie dolls or monster high dolls or whatever even like the disney ever after high or or whatever the line is um there aren't dolls in those lines that have collector's value not just because they're marketed as such like they come in a bigger box and if you're wondering uh sofa sofa is also a doll collector so that's where i get my knowledge from um, but even if they don't come in a bigger box that says adult collector's edition on the top or whatever, you know, there's there's still a lot of artistry that goes into the faces, um, at least with Monster Highs, especially because I've seen so many now. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of detail that goes into the faces and like you can kind of get really, really <laughs> into the nitty gritty of it and like take three dolls and look at them all. And there are slight variations between them, like maybe they forgot a freckle maybe um this one's paint isn't quite finished you know there's like a little little splotch missing or something i can't speak for monster high dolls but that sounds like the kind of poor quality control that barbie doesn't have <laughs> it is it's <laughs> chloe at the nextcast.com is where you can send an email yeah. <laughs> it's all mattel it's all mattel Did you realize that you were collecting Barbies, like, as you were doing it? Or, like, did you just buy some? You're like, oh, I just like it in the box or whatever. Or were you, like, after you stopped playing with them, you're like, all right, I'm going to... Oh, my mother told me I was collecting them. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, around mm, eight years old or so, I got my first kept-in-the-box doll. Mm -hmm. At that point, I was still getting dolls to play with. And so, like, say right. cri- say I would be getting an average of four dolls a year. Mm-hmm. So I'd get, like, one for Christmas, I'd get one for my birthday, maybe one for Easter, and maybe one for, you know, because I had some pocket money or, like, a, my aunt came to visit mm-hmm. and she wanted to buy me one. So, like, let's say four a year. And maybe it went up to five after that because <laughs> every Christmas I would get the Christmas doll. Mm-hmm. And that stayed in the box. And then, basically, as I got out of playing with them Mm -hmm. then it just 
shifted entirely over to like every doll I got was collector doll. Mm-hmm. So, no, it was like, it was like I, I remember. I know the doll that was like my first like quote collector doll. Mm-hmm. It was um, you know how you used to be able to buy um, buy stuff with Kool Aid points. Yes. Oh man, yeah. It was a Kool Aid Barbie, and I remember putting like getting all my points that summer for that, and then getting it in the mail, and my mom saying, you know. I don't know if you're going to get another one of these dolls. So like, I think you should keep it in the box. This is pretty special. And it was like, Oh, I guess I'm not playing with this one. (laughs) (laughs) And she's still in the box. I I remember I made a, an important choice in my life. I was 112 or something. And my mom took me to a Star Trek convention and I was like nutty about Star Trek at the time. I know. I've seen the pictures. My uniform and everything. And we're at one of the booths that was selling action figures. I was looking at Commander Riker, and there was one with a beard, which was season two and on, and one without a beard, which was season one. And the guy's like, "Oh, if you get the you know the one without a beard, you you know shouldn't take it out and play with it. It's kind of like it's kind of like special. Where's the other one you can play with?" And I'm like, "Why would you not want to play with it? I bought the other one." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really regret it now. I never went on to... No, it's not like you have them all in a box. No. But, but, like, I was just like, that's dumb. Why would you keep it in a box? (laughs) Man, oh, man. Well, okay, Chloe. um, You know, speaking Mm. as as, uh, an adult with this interest in Barbie, um, Mm. do you think that there'd be much of a difference if you, yourself, were to put one of your boxed Barbies Mm -hmm. on a shelf, like a fairly highly Mm. visible shelf... I'm looking um, at the highly visible shelves <laughs> in my apartment right now. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Okay, so right now that, that shelf has a boxed Barbie on it. Yeah. Do you think people would have a, get a different impression if you just put an out-of-the-box Barbie on that shelf in, in its place? Standing or lying down? Standing or um, sitting. I don't know. Would you have a different impression? Most of these dolls, like the collector-specific dolls, there is there is a stand in the box somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. I... You have never used them. <laughs> I, I feel like, if you allow me just to answer the question. Yeah, go for it. Um, I feel like, get across like the the collecting aspect or like, mm-hmm. not not rarity per se, but like that, that they're something to be appreciated and collected instead of toys to play with. Yeah. You'd have to have a lot of them out of the box, like all over. If mm-hmm. there's just like one, you'd be like, okay. <laughs> to be honest, I'd rather keep them in the box because it's a lot easier to clean. <laughs> yeah, that's true. true. <laughs> Something were to happen, it's like you just have to clean the, the yeah. box off. Yeah. <laughs> Squares clean a lot easier. Like, like you can dust a square box a lot easier than <laughs> a doll. Yeah. I, I don't see any point in taking them out because, you know, I'm not interacting with them. They're not, they weren't purchased to be interacted with. Mm-hmm. There are definitely ones, so this was maybe, I think it was eight or ten years ago, they released, it was called Barbie Black Label, I think, Mm -hmm. and it was about 12 different dolls, and then they came out with like a second line, and they were all, you know, different skin tones, different haircuts, different hair colors, and they all came wearing like a black dress, Mm -hmm. and the idea was that it was for the collector market, that you would take it out of the box because then they released a whole bunch of like fashion sets. And so then you could buy these fashion sets and like change your collector doll. And I don't know how well it really did considering it's still not 
well, they have sort of a, a variation of that now as well with their, um, but they also have the different body types. Right. I don't know how many serious or even casual collectors are really interacting with that. Hmm. In fact, for a serious collector, I could see them buying two. One to keep in the box and one to yeah. accessorize yeah. As, as was meant to be. Yeah. Um, doing the research on this, it feels like... <laughs> I do have one. Uh, She's in the box. <laughs> uh, feels like something happened with Barbie that also happened with comic books in the 90s. Oh. You started to get things specifically for the collector or the collectors realized had value. So they bought them up in anticipation, but they bought so many that they kept making more and not really collector's items. Started in the 80s. In the 80s? Okay. Yeah, mid-80s, I'd say, with your um, Dolls of the World. Oh, they go back that far. 88, 87, okay. something like that. That's when the Mountie Barbie is 1988, ah. which I think is cool, and I do not have one. <laughs> Yet. Yet. So if you're looking to... Uh, oh my god, <laughs> if anyone is looking to gift me oh, with dolls, I can send you a detailed <laughs> list. My Christmas collection does not go back all the way to the beginning. Yeah, the first Christmas doll is 1988 as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that seems oh, kind of late for such a major holiday. Yeah, I don't know why that is, to be honest. I'm sure they had... They probably always had new ones at Christmas. Oh, yeah, there'd always be a new doll around Christmas. And prior to that, I'm sure they had accessory and clothes sets where it was like Barbie's Christmas outfit. Right. But that was to put on your existing doll. Yeah. But the Happy Holidays line wasn't created until 88. Mm. And it still exists today. Wow. Mm. Since you mentioned the new Barbies, yeah, that was an interesting thing that I found out that there are like new Barbies, and I don't just mean that they keep making them. I mean that uh, at some point, I don't remember when, uh, in the last twenty years, I will say that there's this concept of the new Barbie where there are Barbies of different yeah. body shapes. And I found mm-hmm. articles both in favor and against that. Yeah, the new, the line of new body shapes. So Barbie's body mold has changed multiple times since 1959. Right. Um, but this line of varied body shapes was, I think, last year. Oh. So there'd be like the tall, the short, and then the always loaded descriptor of curvy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the body, like the body mold, like the standard body mold has changed about once a decade, I'd say. Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning, it was to just make them easier to play with. Right. Because the very first Barbie, like, couldn't bend her arms, couldn't bend her legs, couldn't bend her, like, couldn't turn at the waist. So then in the 60s, you had one that could turn at the waist and bend her legs. And then in the 70s, you had your California Barbie, mm-hmm. uh, who's, like, very tan and very 70s looking. And then... And the face mold changed in the 80s and 90s. She looked about the same. And then in the 2000s, I know my sisters have one that they, like, widened her waist a little bit. Okay. Still, I don't want to get into that can of worms unless you guys want to get into that can of worms. <laughs> We've definitely just, gone around the event horizon of many can of worms. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it made her, I don't know how to describe how the 2000s Barbie, but they changed her body mold again. Slightly more realistic, I guess, was the end game for that. I mean, is that is that the idea every time? No. Well, like, to reflect current trends, mm-hmm. in a way. 
to like is sort of like like modern. fitting what the modern clones are going to be better. And I have to ask Mattel, I think. Mm. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Barbies from the 60s and they look very 60s. <laughs> right. You look at the Barbies from the 80s and they look extremely 80s. It's, they, hard, it's hard not to see the hair. There's a you... lot of hair. There's <laughs> so much hair in the 80s and the early 90s. Yeah, apparently that was the best-selling Barbie of all time. Like, extreme hair Barbie or something like that from 92. Totally, totally hair Barbie. Yeah. I have one. I have a totally hair Barbie. She was wicked. Cool. Totally hair Barbie is... Number one on the list of nine most expensive Barbies that I pulled up. Uh, she goes for 160 bucks on eBay. Well, number one being the cheapest? Number one being the cheapest. And then ramping up. What's the most expensive? The most expensive. I think it's a designer one. Oh. Stefani Canturi Barbie from 2010 is going for, does anyone want to guess? $36,000. Okay. Z? 250 Okay. One dollar, Bob. is she wearing diamonds yes this this elegant blonde doll is the most expensive barbie ever sold designer stefano canturi designed her necklace which featured emerald cut australian pink diamonds a carrot apiece surrounded by three carats of glittering white diamonds at auction it sold for a remarkable three hundred and two thousand five hundred dollars there's a feel-good end to the story the doll was actually created to raise money for the breast cancer research foundation that's nice What's the most expensive, like, actual doll? Um, like, because these are ones that, like, a lot of these were created for, okay, original Barbie. The, that, yeah, the original from Nike. That's like an actual, like, as opposed to, like. As opposed to, it has a bunch of jewels on it. Yeah, or like a doll that was made by a designer for a specific reason to be sold for a lot of money. Because you're right, because they've got a bunch of jewels or whatever on it. Yeah. Original yeah. Barbie selling for, was that 30 about thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, because that's in box. I, that uh, I assume a mint condition. Okay. So yeah, so like, or that's the highest one where rarity is the price, not just. Uh, mm-hmm. What else do I have? Again, like a, a few bunch designer, of designer ones. Dolls. That's sort of a designer doll. Yeah, most of, like I feel like this is almost not a real list because there a lot of these are made by. I think this designers. is aimed at people who don't even know that. Yeah. That designers design. It was like a few years Barbies. ago. This is probably more than a few years ago now. Uh, I think it was around the 50th anniversary. There was, and I cannot remember what the line was. It might have been Tokidoki. I can't remember. But she had a tattoo. And mm-hmm. people like lost their minds because Barbie had a tattoo. And every single collector was like, oh, cool. That's neat. Can I just like buy that? <laughs> like nobody who like actually it was like when superman died right yeah and like the casual person or the lay person was like oh my god superman's dead and every comic collector was like Like, he'll uh, be back he's (laughs) i'll take seven (laughs) yeah yeah what was the tattoo of a heart that said mother butterfly (laughs) it was like some little it could have been you know what it might have been a butterfly it might have you know what i could see it being like a pink bee like her symbol Okay. I am going to look that up because I just remember it happening and like again as a collector and being involved in it not seeing what the big deal was. But people were like, "Oh my god, this is a bad influence on the children." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the doll was about $80. No one's buying that for their kid. Yeah. It was like 80 or 100 dollars for this doll because it was a designer doll. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The children. Yeah. The amount of 
sins they put on this doll for the last 50 years, like, because of the children is exhausting. <laughs> also neglecting that there's been lots of dolls that had temporary tattoos. Oh, or really? came with temporary tattoos for you. Oh, yeah. So what? Well, those are just temporary. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Maybe if they made Barbies temporary, it wouldn't have been such a Ferrari. <laughs> oh, here she is. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting doing some of the the research people put so much on barbie as a character mm. yeah not just kids too like the adults who see you know barbie as this terrible influence oh she's got a tattoo well every little girl's gonna want a tattoo now if they see this barbie oh it's terrible or when i was reading the articles on why i'm a fan of barbie or why i'm not a fan of the new barbie mm-hmm. people were talking about it's like ah what about the body image issues that this will give people? Mm-hmm. Or um, it's just like this kid's going to be like, oh, I want to like trade clothes with your doll. But then the clothes don't fit because they're different people. And it's just like I was just really fascinated by mm-hmm. how the, the number of strong opinions on things like that. Yeah. I don't want to put words in your mouth when we were talking about this before. You likened it to oh, yeah to um, video games. Yeah. Basically, we had been talking about that. And... This was, this was sort of my position on it. The three of you grew up playing video games. Mm-hmm. Now, I know none of you are huge fans of, like, the first-person shooter. Your classic, like, this, like is, gonna target you, four, like, this yeah. is gonna make you a psychopath game. But, you know, you've all played games where your character, you know, has swords and bows and arrows and maybe not guns necessarily, but, like, laser guns. Yeah. How, like, guys, can you guys tell me, like, your cumulative, like, Murder total? <laughs> I have enslaved hundreds of small monsters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's the same argument. It's if you're putting that much emphasis on the idea that playing with Barbie is somehow going to give young girls an eating disorder, you need to look at like your parenting mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's going to be influencing how a girl sees their body and their worldview a lot more than a doll. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many more influences that Barbie is way, way down the list. Like, unless as a parent, you're specifically saying, like, hey, you're uh, never going to look like Barbie unless if you uh, eat that, that many chips. Like, then. I mean, if you get that, then yes. Then you're a bad parent and it's not That's, necessarily yeah. Barbie's fault. But um, maybe it's there in some small way. But I think there's a lot. There's a lot worse coming from the media, coming from your peers in terms of promoting negative body image in young girls. Mm -hmm. I just wanted her clothes growing up. (laughs) Like, honestly, I just wanted her wardrobe. It never even occurred to me that her body type was like unattainable Mm -hmm. because Uh she's a doll. (laughs) She's made of plastic. (laughs) I'm not supposed to look like her. (laughs) We were all playing with dad bod G.I. Joes, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you guys, like, oh, man. you guys, I'm sure, have eating but... disorders because of G.I. Joe and, yeah. like, yeah. your Commander Riker doll. He's, he's a fit man. That's why you have a beard, isn't it? That is. I changed the course of my life that day. Because <laughs> you bought the one with the beard. And it gave you a beard complex. That's right. Yeah. 
I think that's a really good point, though, about how there's probably something more going on if Barbie is in any way giving anybody an eating disorder. Because when I did a little bit of a little bit of poking around on Reddit, the Barbie Reddit of all things, a lot of the people on there who were talking about why they liked Barbie as much as they did growing up and now as adults mentioned that you know Barbie was this comfort to them. Mm. She was always smiling. She was always sparkly. She kind of lived in this like dream world where everything went well. Mm. She's got all these great clothes. She's got like this cool car, this awesome dream house, and everything. So it wasn't so much that, you know, oh, there's this doll that's got these crazy impossible proportions. I must have those proportions too. It's more like there's this doll of this character who's always, you know, living this very glamorous life, being a doctor, a farmer, an engineer, a computer engineer, a writer. I want to do that too. Mm -hmm. And it sounded like there was way more emphasis on like the role playing that people would do as kids with Barbie than on the actual physical form of barbie i mean absolutely i feel like there weren't that many kids doing the the like 100 yards staring to barbie being like i must be this and instead they were (laughs) using their imagination to play with yeah that's it you you hear a lot of girls it was never something that i did but like there's a lot of girls who you know, go through a phase of wanting to destroy their Barbie, mm-hmm. wanting to like cut their hair and like draw on them. And whether it's for customization reasons or like some rejection of femininity or, yeah, you know, girl play or whatever. I don't know. Like you could write a thesis about it. I'm sure people mm-hmm. have. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Well, I can, I can take us somewhere. Sure. <laughs> right, let's go there. Valeria Lukianova, a girl who did look at Barbie, oh, yes. apply a thousand-yard stare and say, I must become you. There's also a guy who wants to look like Justin Bieber, so <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. Well, the the reason why uh, Miss Lukianova is, uh, is fairly famous, actually, is because she was one of the first of apparently many people who have undergone plastic surgery to look like Barbie. Mm-hmm. And like... It looks odd. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the person who's got like five kids and they take pictures of her? I don't I don't think she one? has any kids, actually. Okay. I mean, there's lots but of people there are who a have few people who, yeah. gone down that path. Yeah. And what was interesting, actually, in her case was that like, her actual gig is a spiritual teacher. And because she was getting all this press as, you know, being the woman who looks like Barbie... Mm-hmm. A lot of people on the internet were trolling her, saying, oh, you know, you're just some bimbo. Clearly, you have no brain in there. Hmm. From whatever, you know, area of the brain that associated, like, dumbness or airheadedness with blondes is, like, that's what mm-hmm. got yeah. attached to Barbie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She just seen as typifying that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, as Teen Talk Barbie once said, math is tough. <laughs> math, math is tough. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, she could have been doing like some high-level calculus that's or something true. like that. She didn't that's specify. True. But the implication sure. went true. along with like a lot of the other things she was saying, like like let's go shopping and you know, I don't remember what else. It was a little bit before my time, but she was saying like pretty quote girly things, mm-hmm. which is yeah. I mean, that's a lot to unpack too. Yeah, there's a lot of like feminist issues that go around with 
what's like a stereotypically female thing and the equating of stereotypically feminine activities such as yeah. shopping or baking with being less than yes and mm-hmm. perhaps aligning math class is tough with the rest of that was a misstep mm-hmm. and there's no reason why they couldn't have had barbie saying math class is my favorite yeah there's like literally no yeah, reason it, why they couldn't have had her say that yeah yeah or if you put your mind to it you can achieve anything sure <laughs> <laughs> thanks lisa the lion-hearted she's got a new hat you guys man it's a great hat <laughs> it's a nice hat <laughs> Did you go in for a lot of the um, accessories like by themselves or like clothes by themselves? Is that a big... As much as I could. Yeah. Again, like you really have to separate out when I was say under 10, under 12 and playing with Barbies mm-hmm. versus collecting Barbies. Because now I don't really... Well, yeah. I feel bad saying I don't care, but mm-hmm. it's just not part of what I'm collecting. Right. But definitely when I was when I was younger, I was actually playing with the dolls and putting them in these scenarios. It was great having the clothes. The more clothes, the better. Yeah. Because, heck, she had great clothes. <laughs> she had such great clothes. And, like, I have a drawer full of clothes, and my mom had clothes from her doll mm-hmm. when she was when she was younger and she was playing with Barbie. Mm-hmm. And so I had some, some retro clothes, too, from the, you know, early to mid-60s. So I had a bunch of clothes. I had... A couple of cars had a house mm-hmm. that was an absolute pain to build. Like it folded. Oh. Yeah. It was Barbie's fold and fun house. It was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was not fun at all. And there was also a camper van that did the same thing, which was also not fun. And if you ask my dad, I think he built that one. Mm-hmm. And he has nothing good to say about about either of those projects because they come as like the shell and then it's like adults have fun assembling this and then so i was quickly taught how to assemble the house the fold-in house on my own (gasps) and it was still not fun and then i think i also had like a little kitchen that opened up Hmm. and it had magical color changing food what what did the color change signify that it was cooked so you had like lobsters pizza what color is pizza when it's not It was like a frozen pizza. (laughs) Uh, And then on top of that, and I think a lot of people, a lot of uh, people playing with Barbies did this too, is that you'd integrate other toys. So you'd integrate in like Littlest Pet Shop Mm -hmm. and that would be all of Barbie's pets or she would be a veterinarian. Those are all the animals at her clinic. Mm -hmm. Or because I never had brothers, I never had like G.I. Joes to co-opt into my... (laughs) My scenarios, but lots of girls did that. Yeah. Um, I distinctly remember when I would play with my sisters, we had like a bunch of winter sport things, so like skis and snowboards and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we had an old hand vac that Ken would ride around and it would be his snowmobile. <laughs> nice. Amazing. Yeah. So you could like, you could co-opt anything. Mm-hmm. And even if you didn't have, like, all the accessories, because who did? How how could you? It's imaginative play. Yeah. Yeah. Like, whatever you want becomes whatever you want. It's nice to have all the clothes, and it's nice to have all the accessories, but if you don't, it just sort (laughs) of... You don't need to, to, like, imagine literally 
whatever. No. Yeah. Like, was I jealous of, like, my friends who had the big Barbie dream house? Yeah. Like, totally, I wanted that. But it didn't interrupt my play at all. Use what you got. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember I definitely had, like, a bunch of jewelry accessories that stayed in, like, a little briefcase. <laughs> That's where all her jewels were. Also good for heists. Yeah. <laughs> Heist Barbie. That's where all the jewels are. She kept them in the heist's briefcase. I feel like there must be one, there must be a Barbie that has the, like, cap and the black and white striped shirt. You just need to add a mask. Oh, probably. I'm sure there's one. I'm sure. Like, is there, like, a French Barbie? Like, a a shopping bag with with a baguette sticking out? Yes, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. There's so many. It's like it's like saying, did the Simpsons do that episode? I mean, obviously they did. Yeah. Yeah. So saying, is there a this outfit Barbie? The answer is almost invariably like, yeah. Like at some point, yeah. What is your favorite Barbie that you own? <sighs> Talk about something else while you got me to think about that. All right. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, we we all watched the Super Bowl this last weekend, surely. Uh, of course we did. <laughs> yes, it was an important day in sports fandom when that team went up against that other team. Exactly. Wait, it, it the, is actually Denver, after the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, when teams. the Denver Broncos went up against the Atlanta Falcons. That is hey, that is one, it. Atlanta Falcons. I know, I was surprised when I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I mean, the real reason people watch the Super Bowl, obviously, has got to be the commercials. Yes. And there was one in particular, about Barbie. And in the first five seconds or so, um, you're presented with this guy. Oh, I saw shows this. this. This dude who's like a dad. And like he comes on and he says, you know, I'm a typical man's man. And then really he cute. says whatever else. And then it cuts to him playing Barbie with, with his, uh, his daughter. And the whole purpose of the ad was to sort of, you know, say... It's okay for, uh, for you dads, for boys in general, to play with Barbies. Aww. Why not? Sweet. That's, that's a nice message. Do you think that sort of uh, thing's effective in like changing that stigma, or do you do you think that there's much of a stigma around boys playing with Barbies today? I don't know. You guys are the dudes in this conversation. <laughs> we haven't been children for a while. Yeah, I, I also I suppose that's true of everyone here. <laughs> I don't know. Let me call the. Let me call up my dad. See what see what see how he feels. <laughs> see how Lloyd feels. <laughs> <laughs> Conference calling in a dad. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that I, I think in terms of playing, like somebody playing with their son or daughter with dolls, you're playing with anything. It's like anything that you may not necessarily enjoy, whether or not that, that object is considered feminine or not. You're doing it for the other person necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's when you're, it's not like a father in that case is going to like, as soon as the kids around, it's like, man, I really hate playing with these Barbies because they don't probably care. It's about enjoying time with their their like. Child yeah, whenever they want to play with, them. it's like a lighter or something. But <laughs> I remember playing yeah. with like my younger cousins, or like I'd be babysitting like a ki- like a little boy, mm-hmm. and he'd want to play with cars, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, "All right, let's yeah, let's okay. do the cars, For- zoom, <laughs> yeah." the same thing like okay that's what you want to do let's let's do that find a way yeah uh sorry favorite doll yeah um i don't know i have a lot Mm -hmm. um like (laughs) 
I have a... Do you have a, do you have a short list? I have a two-pack, like a, a set of two dolls, which how I ever managed to be in an adult relationship, considering I have this set of two dolls, I have no idea. Because it's, um, it's official Lord of the Rings dolls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Arwen and Aragorn. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. They are really cool. <laughs> Was that from around the time the movies? Yeah, I bought them with my um, Christmas tips from uh, newspapers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Somehow I managed to not be a virgin for the rest of my life, so that was neat. <laughs> uh, Congratulations! Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> no, I really like those ones. I have like I have a lot. Mm-hmm. I want like the, my favorite one right now in the apartment is probably the Hudson's Bay one, mm-hmm. which you got me. I did so. Thanks for facilitating my addiction. You're welcome. <laughs> A Canadian bird. Yes, who's decked out in all of the like Hudson Bay stripe clothes. She's cool. I like her. Very cool. Yeah, I have a set of four dolls, all of which have dresses that are various well-known landmarks mm-hmm. which is very silly but it's fun i've seen them they're great yeah like the sydney opera house is one right yeah, yeah. it's um statue of liberty mm-hmm. big ben mm-hmm. eiffel tower sydney opera house statue of liberty is from ellis island oh really yes i bought it on ellis island in the gift shop nice come for the immigration stay for the gift shop <laughs> There's lots, though. There's lots. I don't know. I can't pick a favorite, I don't think. Our friend of the week this week comes to us via the New York Post. An article by Melanie Notkin. uh, Registering her opinion on the, like, the new, quote, realistic Barbies. Okay. Um, The new realistic Barbies squash kids' imaginations, he says. Uh, What would Ruth think? That was my first thought when the news broke Thursday morning that Barbie would be available in three new body types, curvy, tall, and petite, in addition to the classic Barbie. And Ruth was Ruth Handler, the daughter of Polish-Jewish immigrants and the mother of the most iconic doll in the world. She created Barbie when she noticed her daughter, Barbara, pretending her paper dolls were adults. Barbie wasn't born to represent anything but a play pattern of young girls wanting to act like young women. I'm 46 now and still a big fan of Barbie. Despite all the pushback she's been getting for not being a realistic body type, I'm a traditionalist who never felt Barbie was supposed to represent me. Barbie represented whomever I wanted her to be. She could be anyone I imagined. A banker, a doctor, a fashion model, a bride, a sister. Petite brunette though I was, Barbie never made me feel short or curvy or less beautiful. I was in charge of how Barbie made me feel, and she made me feel as if I could take my imagination anywhere. My love for Barbie runs deep. Growing up, I probably had a dozen Barbie dolls. (laughs) Girl, Girl, get on my level. (laughs) My first came from my cousin Janet, who was like an aunt to me. Over the years, I returned the favor. I bought my niece her first Barbie when, at age four, she reached out for one in the doll aisle at Toys R Us. As a founder of SavvyAnti.com, I became a fan of many of the innovations Mattel brought to Barbie in recent years. I lauded Mattel for their launch last year of the multicultural Barbie fashionistas. I even gave the doll line a Savvy Auntie Coolest Toy Award for being one of the 25 coolest toys of 2015. But now with the three new body types, will girls feel they have to choose the model that fits their body type? Will blonde, blue-eyed girls feel they have to pick a version of Barbie that makes them seem more open to diversity? Is it possible with all the well-intentioned new, more, quote, realistic Barbie body types that the classic Barbie will be bullied for not being multicultural enough? 
In the end, the consumer gets to decide who Barbie is, and Barbie can be whomever a child imagines her to be. Whatever her body type, that child's version of her Barbie on any given day will be just right. So in the end, she doesn't have a problem? It sounds like she's pro-imagination. Yep. It sort of sounds to me a lot like the the whole idea of the blank slate that comes up in video games, you know? Mm -hmm. The uh, silent protagonist who doesn't say anything, and it's kind of bland. But that's the whole point. Is, is a place to put yourself. Yeah. Neat. Imagination is a good thing. Truthfully, if they'd had those dolls when I was, like, growing up and playing with them, if I liked the look of one of them, and, it, like, let's be honest, if they were marketed well to me, mm -hmm. I probably would have wanted one. But, like, my main Barbie was always in rotation. Mm -hmm. Like, it was never the case that, like, the Barbie I got when I was six years old was the one that was, like, my, my star. Mm-hmm. For the rest of the time. Yep. It was always like, oh, like this one, I like her, I like her hair better, so she gets to be the main Barbie in my story right now. Yeah. And the other ones are over there, <laughs> with the exception of any of the ones that were like made for a specific purpose. So like a lot of the ones that were made for athletic purposes. I had like a winter sports Barbie, like I was saying earlier, and they had like really weird articulated limbs and joints yeah. to make them more sporty mm -hmm. but like their feet didn't fit barbie <laughs> shoes and they looked really weird in the clothes because their bodies were different mm -hmm. because they were supposed to be more like actionable mm -hmm. right as opposed to like looking good in the clothes it is its own can of worms but or like you know there were barbies that were mermaids and the entire lower half was a fin like how do you play with those aside from like that one very specific <laughs> one way in the bathroom yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly that's when that's how you play with those and that's like fine but uh yeah yeah so i probably would have bought like wanted it got it it would have worked into my rotation and then worked out of its rotation yeah as i got a new one <laughs> mm -hmm. we're gonna see going forward like how they use these different body types like will every new barbadia they come up with be in those body types or is it just going to be certain ones? Or I don't think so. Probably like not. Like, Boston, we're at Toys R Us. You see the different body types, and they have a section. Mm -hmm. And then you see the ones that come in the play sets. The yeah. ones that are like, okay, here's, like, Dentist Barbie, or, you know, this one is a babysitter, or this one's, like, a princess that goes with the current movie, mm -hmm. or this is the Engineer Barbie. And they're still just standard Barbie. Yeah. Sometimes with the skin tone variations, mm -hmm. but that's about it. I think they're going to stay confined to that unless they suddenly, like, take off in a market share. Yeah, true. And really, how is this different from any of the, like, the Monster High dolls, who all look very different? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, not like, I'm not criticizing them. I've never played with them, and I don't know young kids who are playing with them, so... I have no idea if you stay stuck with the werewolf girl or the or vampire the... girl or what the situation okay. is. I know that So Sneeze had a bunch um, when she was a little bit younger, mm -hmm. and it wasn't. It didn't seem so much that she like stuck with one or two of them. It seemed like she was playing with them mostly as fashion dolls. Like she was swapping out clothes and that sort of thing more often than anything else. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. I think somebody said that earlier. Like if. The clothes aren't fitting between the dolls then they're not going to be they're never going to be the main doll mm -hmm. <laughs> and it would cost too much money the way barbie's market share is right now it would cost too much money to make every new incarnation in every body type yes yeah 
I think it's one of those things that either collectors are going to buy or like progressive parents or parents who want to feel progressive are going to buy. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to be the kids necessarily. I might not. Again, as you say, just pick the one they like. Yeah. And then I guess in a few months or maybe a year down the road, we'll read an article about a bunch of uh, kids picking, you know, Barbies that aren't their body type and psychologists and everybody will be puzzling out. Why are they doing this? Why aren't they picking the dolls that look like them? Yeah. Back to the drawing board. <laughs> well, I mean, from, from what you're describing, like, Barbie is not dissimilar to some aspects of mm-hmm. Lego. I mean, Lego, you, Lego, when I was a kid, I don't know anything about Lego now. Um, is that an upcoming? It is, actually. Cool. Um, so I will know more about Lego now uh, in the near future. Um, but if it was like, you get these cool buildings or ships or... Or what have you, but also all of the pieces will fit with all the other Lego pieces that you already have, expanding yeah. the possibilities. And the same thing with Barbies, is you get the extra clothes and accessories and everything every time you, mm-hmm. oh, with the exception of you know, Mermaid mm-hmm. Barbie. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it not only do you have the new thing, it also adds and expands yeah. the thing that you already have. There's a reason why, like, and I'm sure you can vouch for this, you go to Value Village and there's like... For every clothed Barbie you get, there's 20 naked ones. Yes. <laughs> because they... you take the clothes off the Barbies you don't want, and then you play with the one that you do want. You don't actually need to play with, like, 20 different Barbies <laughs> while wearing the clothes. You mainly need the clothes. Yeah. Yeah. This week, I took the spotlight and shone it around and ended up not finding something related to Barbie. I mean, if we make it a real stretch, we could make it about Barbie, but I really don't think we will do that this time. <laughs> I was at a convention in Guelph not too long ago, and I happened to run across Emily Gonsalves, who you may know from one of the videos we did interviewing her about Moonchase, and more importantly, about the spotlight for this week, which is the Sailor Moon Celebration which you can find out more about at SailorMoonCelebration.com. It takes place on June 24th at the Ontario Science Centre. What's really cool about it is it's like a day of various Sailor Moon activities. It's like a a mini convention. This year they're going to have a group called Sarah Symphony, which is, um, I think what's happening is they're taking the composer and some of the main um, performers who are like musicians and they're bringing them to Toronto to the Ontario Science Center, and they will be playing a bunch of music, like a special symphony. I think it's 90 minutes um, of music from Sailor Moon, uh, along with um, I think they're getting some people, some Toronto-based musicians to also participate. And that's just one of the many guests that they have lined up. There were other guests that Emily hinted at, which I'm not going to say because that's not my place, and she hasn't announced it yet, so. If you want to find out more about that, you can check it out at SailorMoonCelebration.com. I think early bird tickets are on sale now, and they're $20 Canadian. So for Americans, that's a steal. (laughs) And for Canadians, that's still pretty good if you want to go to a day of Sailor Moon-related events. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Chloe, is there anything that you would like to plug? Not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, look, I guess I'll have more stuff on my Instagram as I gear up cosplay again. I'm mm-hmm. on Imgur and I just became accepted. What does so that mean? I got a bunch of upvotes. Oh, hey. Nice. Yeah. So I'm pretty cool now on Imgur. So that's. Um, so upvote my shit. That's. What is it? Imgur.com? 
Imgur.com. You can find Chloe there. Uh, lording her upvotes over everyone. Is it is it Lumpy Space Pharmacist? It is Lumpy Space Pharmacist. Uh, on Instagram. On Imgur. On, on Imgur? Both? Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. And maybe I'll post my cosplay stuff on Imgur and get more upvotes. Stay, yeah! stay tuned. Stay tuned as con season approaches. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoyed listening to this, you can check out more of our podcast at Phanthropological.com. And if you really enjoy this and you want to help to support this, you can check out patreon.com slash the next cast, where one, you'll see all of the stuff that we produce across YouTube, uh, the podcast, everything. Uh, and you can also be rewarded for supporting us. If you are able to pledge as little as $1, you get to find out all the cool stuff that we're working on and not just see it when it comes out. So once a week, we post updates about uh, upcoming plans, things that we're going to release, anything that we're doing behind the scenes, just anything that comes to mind at least once a week. It's also where you can get the podcast episodes early. We have different goals set up. So if you want to know where the next cast is kind of headed, you can check that out as well. You can find us on iTunes where we encourage you to subscribe us, rate us, and tell us what you think of us. If you have hate mail, uh, you can send it to g at thenextcast.com or chloe at thenextcast.com. Oh my god, send me your hate mail. I <laughs> send want it to so chloe. I don't, I don't really want it. <laughs> I do. Um, Twitter, Instagram, oh YouTube, and Facebook, all at the Nixcast, where you can find the latest on us on the social meds. Mm-hmm. For general, general sort of feedback and nicer mail, nick at thenextcast.com <laughs> is where you can send that. Oh, and uh, one more thing. If you'd like to uh, join in the conversation about Phanthropological on Twitter, be sure to use that hashtag, hashtag Phanthropological. Yes. Find us on there. Talk us up in 140 characters or less. Or I guess uh, 280 if you use two tweets. (laughs) Um, I guess there's really no limit to the amount of tweets that you can send, Mm. but let's keep it brief. Chloe, go ahead. I think you were going to say the same thing. What about me? Thank you for appearing on the show. Oh, I was going to say that I also appear on Who in Review. Oh, yeah. That's right. Where I have controversial opinions. A very edgy person. Those, <laughs> those are the best opinions. <laughs> Unbelievable. She's basically Lenny Bruce and Andrew Dice Clay rolled into one. Yes! In the Doctor Who world. Who in Review, also available on Podbean. Who in Review. Review.podbean.com. Chloe, thank you for appearing on the podcast today. Oh, I'm glad I could help for sprinkling your knowledge dust mm-hmm. all, all over everybody <laughs> yeah and uh thank you for listening and uh we will talk to you next week goodbye everybody bye i want to rock and roll all night and podcast at least once a week as we talk about the kiss army next week accumulated in the last two years right that's fair that, it exists across Ontario <laughs> there are just bunkers the province <laughs> my province wide collection <laughs> will your town be next <laughs> <laughs>
Is this like that episode of The Simpsons where the comic book guy just starts putting people in, um... Oh, like plastic bags? In, in plastic yeah. sleeves? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it's exactly <laughs> like that. Okay, perfect. Except they're like, like I don't Barbie have, boxes. Well, I don't have that many Kens, okay. so... I got three more? <laughs> well, if, if you're listening, it was a great podcast, everybody. Uh, look for your latest Nixcast dolls on the shelves of any Walmart or other store that probably won't exist because I'm no... Ah, whatever. doesn't matter. Um, as mentioned, this week we are... Yeah. And also less so than you can project onto a wall. Yeah, I feel like the wall wins in this situation. Thanks, Thanks for that. <laughs> I've, I've uh, always got to bring the, uh, the striking insight. It's the part I play. Can't, I can't wait for it. Um, I, guess, I guess you could put. I guess you could put a lab coat on a baby, but it's not the same thing. That's what we call <laughs> science. It, it, it raises too many questions, Doctor Baby. Before you're comfortable with the situation you've wait, created. What's uh? Isn't HR puffing stuff? Or what? What's the doctor? The little, the little girl doctor. I'm thinking of Doogie Howser. Are you no, thinking that's... of Do- Doc McStuffins? <laughs> Doc McStuffins. I'm thinking of Doc. McStuffins. Nothing to do with HR Puff and stuff. Okay, I got those. What's HR Puff and stuff. HR Puff and stuff was created by Sid and Marty Croft, who also created The Lost World. Not to be confused with Michael Crichton's The Lost World. You've not cleared anything up. It's yep. a cartoon from the '60s. Featuring, featuring like, is this the, what is it, a dinosaur mayor of a town who has a southern accent, and Witchy Poo, this witch who's always trying to, to steal the mayor's authority or something? What? <laughs> is this that backward talking dream with the flaming cars? <laughs> it's like, forget Barbies, guys. We're For talking about this the mayor's national. authority. Trying to steal something of the mayor's. I don't know. I've never seen any of it. I've only heard. I have talk no. About it. What, what friggin' LSD trip is this from? <laughs> HR Puffin stuff. Yeah. Oh is it British? I don't oh, think yeah. so. I think, I'm pretty sure it's American. Is it Canadian? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's, it's probably American. not Canadian. It looks like just garbage enough that it's like either <laughs> Canadian or British. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's just the '60s. The witch is trying to steal Jimmy's talking flute. Thank you very oh, much. Not on. the mayor's authority. Oh well, I kind of like my version a little bit better, you know? I actually do as well, should, but... Okay, that's it. That's I, the reboot. I've got to reboot this. Yeah, yeah. When Z, Z reboots HR fun stuff. <laughs> a lot of political intrigue. Oh, yes. Wow. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm here for it. Wait until uh, the third I, season. I gotta... Anyway, yeah. yeah. I'm going to try... Yeah. Yeah, like, you guys can take this train wreck as far off as you <laughs> But I was going to ask, did anybody figure out... I bought it on Ellis Island in the gift shop. Nice. Well, Come for the immigration, stay for the gift shop. <laughs> oh, boy. It's <laughs> 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 topical. Mm. <clears throat> you okay, bro? Maybe just come for the gift shop. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You can edit that out. Are you the right kind of? You're tired. You're huddled masses. You're Barbie collectors. Oh, boy. Oh. Might be going at the end. (laughs) There's lots, though. There's lots. I don't know. I can't pick a favorite, I don't think. Thanks again for listening to Phantophological, everybody. And remember, all we want is your extra time and your kiss army. That's right. Next week on the show, 
We're talking about Kiss fans. <laughs> I want to rock and roll all night and podcast at least once a week as we talk about the Kiss Army next week. <laughs> it's just stuff over our head. <laughs> get your leggies over to a computer and get your earies and your earphones because we're listening to the Kiss Army. Oh, <laughs> Z level. <laughs> By which I mean you've sunk to yeah. Z level. Amazing. <laughs> Life goals. <laughs> You're welcome. You can, well, <clears throat> unfortunately, next week on the podcast, we won't have Ace freely, but you can listen freely as we talk about Kiss fans. Ooh, I love it. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> with Valentine's Day coming up, why not surprise your lover with a Kiss army? <laughs> <laughs> Weird. <laughs> You're welcome. I, as it turns out, I don't actually know a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> I was made for loving you, baby, and my love takes the form of a weekly podcast. Next week, it's too late to save Santa, but maybe Kiss can save this podcast. That's right, we're talking about Kiss fans. Also, the song Beth. <laughs> just thrown around <laughs> I just know they have a song called Beth everybody says it's looking good and the fellas know it's understood next cast that's right we're talking Kiss Army on Phanthropological next week mm. Mm. Detroit Rock City I'm from Sudbury, Rock City. Is that all? Cure your thinking. Come and talk to love. God gave rock and roll to you. Gave rock and roll to you. Put it in the soul of everyone. That's good. Yeah, that's at the end of Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Yeah. Yeah. Heck, this is not a bogus journey. Actually, that would probably be better to talk about Bill and Ted. <laughs> Bill and Ted fans. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> Bill, Bill and Winter. <laughs> Next week on the podcast, unfortunately, you won't be able to see it, but all three of us will be wearing... Uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> what do they call that paint that you put on your face? Okay, sure. oh, not know. I can talk about makeup. It's the other form of Japanese theater. Kabuki. kabuki. <clears throat> you won't be able to see it, but all three of us will be wearing kabuki makeup. <laughs> That's right. We'll be talking about Kiss Army, Kiss fans, next week on Phanthropological. That's right. We're. we're no, not going there. <laughs> Gene Simmons is known to have an extra long tongue. You know what won't be extra long? This podcast about Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> it will be normal length. What a way to plug a puck. <laughs> You got the same length as our other podcasts. Why haven't you kicked me out yet? I don't know. <laughs> a rolly chair would be easy. No, a rolly chair. <laughs> I'm helping. Hmm. Hmm. Next week, I don't know. You won't oh, have to rock and roll over because we're just talking about Kiss fans on Phantropological. Hmm. I don't know. G set a high bar. Yeah. Which one? Uh, earlier. I don't even remember it, but if it's good, then uh, I think we got it. Yeah, I think so.
There's there's less play with this one. If we knew more about Kiss, there might be more. <laughs> yeah, I thought that like maybe there would be a bunch of songs that I've heard, but apparently not. Have we named all the ones that you've heard? I think so. Including one that I hadn't looking at you, Beth. Yeah. Beth. Next week, oh, Beth, fine. a great time to listen to Phanthropological. Not because we will be talking about Shakespeare or anything like that. Instead, we'll be talking about Kiss Army fans. That's right, Kiss fans, Kiss Army. Next time on Phantophological next week. That's correct. What's this voice? <laughs> you sound like a Dracula. Come listen to Phantophological next week. Podbean. Who let Count Chocolate in? <laughs> Just names of things. <laughs> 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 <laughs>